I'm Bryce, and I am ready to preach. I'm Casey, and I am ready to preach. I'm Patty, and I'm ready to preach. I'm Mark, and I'm ready to preach. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to gather here in our studio, God. We ask that everything that you would have be said tonight, God, is said. We ask that everything we do be to the edification and the lifting up of your precious name, God. We ask that you bless the listeners, bless us speakers, God. We ask that the Holy Spirit opens up the minds, opens up the hearts, and just pours in rich and deep in their life, God. We thank you once again. We thank you. We honor you. We praise you. We lift you up. Every every mouth in here is singing your praises tonight, God. We thank you for this opportunity, and we ask in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Welcome back, family. You have reached the Ready to Preach podcast. We are so excited to have you here listening with us today. We thank you for an opportunity to even do this. It has brought us closer as a family, brought us closer as a group of friends, and brought us closer to Christ, I believe. I uh, personally have been studying a lot more. I have been researching more. I have been praying more, asking for guidance, and allowing the Holy Spirit to use me more. I feel like this has not only been beneficial to everyone listening, but I feel like everyone involved on the producing side of it, I feel like it's been beneficial. Uh, we can go around the table. Mark? 100% I'd agree with that completely. I know I made that comment to you. Um, it might have been the week when we first started talking about doing this. I said, well, if nothing else, it's also going to bring us closer together as a group right? and closer together spiritually in way of with God, right? whether it be study or whether it be prayer, whatever it is, getting deeper and learning some more things, you have other people kind of, like we said, uh, off the air, just bouncing things back and forth that right. makes it a lot easier to kind of keep yourself where you need to go. Right. Patty? Exactly. That's why I said the other day, iron sharpens iron. So we have to kind of group together or meet together on, on a daily, really, to keep that flow going right. and let the Holy Spirit use us. So that not just for everybody else out there listening, but for ourselves uh, to grow deeper in the Word of God and be used of the Lord. Right. Patty or Casey, I'm sorry, how do you feel? Well, I was going to say that I feel like we've gotten a lot closer since we started. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> then you called her Patty. I actually had, <laughs> no, I love Patty. I would be happy to be mistaken for her anytime. I actually had this conversation earlier this week or maybe last week that I feel like, you know, beyond the good that it's doing and, you know, going in and learning and studying more and growing spiritually, it really has been so beneficial, I think, for all of our individual relationships with each other too, growing closer. Right. Not that we never spoke to each other or didn't right. know each other before, but I feel like it's just kind of a different level at this point, both in the flesh in a way, you know friendship-wise, but also spiritually, I feel like we've grown closer to one another. Right. Especially after whatever episode it was when we spilled the spilled all of our gossip or spilled all of our... Spilled the tea. Spilled the tea. You know, we kind of <laughs> laid it all out on the line. I've never heard it phrased the way of spilled the tea. <laughs> you clearly haven't been on social media enough then. Um, but I feel like mm -hmm. we've all grown closer in, in respect for each other and not only that, in confidence in each other. Absolutely. I feel like we can talk more tightly. We're more of a tight-knit kind of family here. Yeah. I appreciate that more than any of you will ever know and more than I say. But and another thing that we were talking about before Patty got here is us coming together has kind of not necessarily or persuaded me, but has kept me motivated. Yes. You know what I feel? Definitely. I, I feel like it's kept me motivated to push further into certain things to where if I was by myself trying to do something, 
the motivation kind of uh, it kind of flows away from me. You know what I mean? It's easier to get off track, I think, when it's just you trying to do something by yourself. And I think when we come in here and there's four of us and maybe one of us is down a little bit, the other three are there to help pick up and push, you know, and even people at our church that are listening, they make it so much easier to, even after we feel like we've created a bad episode or said something that was (laughs) off or wrong or bad, you're like, oh, that was so good. That's what I needed. And those kind of compliments and accolades bring you to a place where you're so I'm so motivated and pumped, ready to do it. Because something I, more out there. Absolutely, I feel like it means something. Yes. Absolutely. So today we decided that we're going to talk about something that is kind of not necessarily pressing in our environment today or in our society today, but it's something that we feel needs to be shared, and we've kind of discussed privately about this, but. We want to talk to you guys today. We want to kind of purvey our opinions in, in not a harmful way, but in a kind way to where if someone was asking the question or had thoughts, they we feel like we could answer them in our best possible way. So today we're going we're gonna to kind of go over the topic of standing out as a Christian when our society makes it so easy to fit in. And what kind of um, goals that you should have as a Christian, you know, to stand out, what it looks like to stand out, maybe why you should stand out, or even some of maybe our past experience, if it comes to that, of what happened when we just went with the flow. I know. I look, that's one thing I get here a little early, a little bit early sometimes. Only four hours before we start (laughs) recording. Hey, you know, it's relaxing. <laughs> and I come in here and I was searching up some things and like one thing I saw when they talk about fitting in with things, like when you fit into what everyone else is doing, you blend in and you become bland. Right. And no one likes something that's bland. Right. So if you're if you're fitting in, you're mixing in completely, you're not really any different from what anyone else is seeing. Right. They're not going to hear what you're saying. Absolutely. You have more of a valid point when you stand out and you decide to take a stand because not not everyone's going to listen to you if you're saying the same thing as everyone around you or doing the same thing. And that's one of the things that I wanted to note to start off. What kind of does it mean to stand out to you? Does anyone want to go around? I think... At least in the situation that we're talking about, standing out looks more like having every opportunity and every availability to do things the same way everybody around you is and choosing to be different anyways. And then not saying that, you know, we're great and we just only experience good things, but a lot of the times the situations that we're in, whenever we choose a different path than what may be the easiest or the... um most accepted in the world, you know, outside of like a church or a Christian structure. I feel that most of the time things tend to go better in the long run. I don't feel that way. I know it from personal experience. So, you know, people see everybody is doing this one thing, and that is the outcome that they receive from that. And, you know, the smaller group of people or just one person, if it's just yourself, chose to act differently. And obviously there's a better outcome. I think that's kind of a good example yeah 
And it's more encouraging to people than just hearing you tell them how to do things. So one thing that I know, I know that God is faithful all the time. And I know that if you have enough faith to stand out and stand up for him and, and do what's different, you know, according to what the culture has said or society or the world or anyone around you, it doesn't have to be a big thing, you know, God's faithful to that. Mm-hmm. He will make what you do and what you say and what you stand for known, I Absolutely. believe. And I believe that he will use you as a living example to everyone around you saying, hey, you're wondering why they're thriving and you're wondering why they're making it and you're wondering why they're so, you know, everyone says blessed and highly favored, but it's true. It is. If you stand out and do what's right for God, he will bless that and he is faithful to that. Yes. Hundred percent. And if you want to look for a reason to stand out, not fit in, there are several verses that are just explicitly saying that you're not supposed to be the same as everybody else. Right. And not saying necessarily you're a better person or anything like that, but he wants somebody different. Right. Well, standing out, I believe, involves what you do and who you are. Um, if you're going to stand out for God, you have to infuse or add in or place in everything in your life, in every aspect of your life, you have to add God into that. Right. Because I feel like it's easy to kind of step out or fit in at that point when you're kind of just going along with the flow and doing whatever is going on. And if you don't add God into it, you won't stand out. You'll fit in. And not just that, you will be convicted of that also. Absolutely. Because they're you know, you're you're going into the joke with them or you're you're going into the story that they're talking about, and then you feel this conviction like, um, you're not supposed to be at this table right now. Right. You know, you're not supposed to be fitting in, you're supposed to be pe- peculiar people. Right. You know, supposed to stand out a little bit. And to the point that some people feel a little uncomfortable around you because they feel like, Oh, I'm sorry, I cussed in front of you. It's not it's it's like they feel convicted themselves right. because they know that she goes to church. They know who you he are. He goes to church. Right. And they believe in this status, you know, so we got to respect that. Right. And I think if they start doing that around you, it's okay. Don't take it as it's it's not okay. Take it as a good good job. That means they're seeing that something new is in you. One thing that Casey's grandfather always says, he says you might be the only Bible that someone reads. You might be the only Jesus that someone ever sees. So it's important for us as we go about our day's, our day's journey or our life's journey as being living examples, living testimonies, living sacrifices, you know, to say, hey, if you do what God says to do and you live for what he says to do, you will succeed, uh, you will prosper. And if you don't succeed and prosper in life, you'll succeed and prosper in eternal life where it actually truly counts. Amen. Speaking about life, I uh, kind of got ahead of myself, and we didn't ask around the table how everyone's going. You know, we kind of flowed right into this, which felt good, but I don't want to leave this out. Mark, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good, doing pretty good. Had a good relaxing couple days, nothing really too out of the normal. I mean, well, I had to fix a water leak, but that was about the most excitement of this part of the week until if we want to go back a little farther, we had a little bit of of excitement on Sunday, but I'm going to leave that to 
Casey. To Casey over here. <laughs> All right, Patty. How are you doing this week? I'm doing good. Uh, can't remember what I did. I did a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Been there. Been I there. worked. I spent time with family, went to church, spent time with my church family. I had a great weekend. And we're now here. And we're now here again. Casey? I had a really, really good weekend um, and week for that matter. It's just been great. I know that Mark kind of alluded to an awesome Sunday night, which it was an awesome was service. Great. Um, nerve-wracking, I think, for all of us. So let's just I wasn't nervous one bit. But well, I, you didn't do anything different. <laughs> yeah, just play guitar. So our our lead pastor, my dad, and my mother, first lady, and Aunt Saint, our Aunt Sandy and Uncle Dick, which is Casey's grandparents, you know, who are all of them are staples, you know, and dad normally takes care of doing the MC of the service and whatnot. He he wasn't there, my mother wasn't there. Uh, Casey's grandparents were there, you know, and those are people who I always look at Absolutely. while I'm preaching, you know, or my parents, you know, because it's kind of, and and dad normally is back behind you, kind of call and response, helping you out, you know. So it was a little, it was different. It was kind of a foreshadow of hopefully what we'll see in the future, you know. Amen. Kind of being pushed out into that, out into the deep, not necessarily alone, but just kind of a trial run of what hopefully the future will look like. But it was a little bit different. It was. Not necessarily scary, but it was a good nervous, you know, yeah. a humbling nervousness. I was That's definitely it. nervous whenever we first got here Sunday because, I mean, we know what it's going to look like. We knew things weren't going to be that different in terms of structure for service or what we're going to do. But it's just not having that safety net to fall back on Absolutely. sometimes. But then we got here and it wasn't even worth being nervous because I think we had probably one of the best experiences that we've had together as a group. So one of the things that I want to add to this is I was scared, not scared. Like I said, I was humbly nervous, <laughs> you know, like okay, that's just a better way to say, say scared, scared. But <laughs> after that, people came up to us and were like, you know what? We didn't see Pastor John here. And we were kind of wondering what was going to happen and how it was going to look and how it was going to be. He said, and then you guys blew our minds. You know, it was amazing. And that kind of acknowledgement and that kind of good comments and good feedback really fueled the fire for me. Absolutely. It felt so amazing. I'm I'm appreciative that they tore the safety net from under us for one night. You know, just I feel like it really forced us to step out and grow a little bit more. Yes, me too. Um, just uh, think about with like bikes, if you don't take the training wheels off. You're not going to get far, very far down the road, right? Exactly. It's it's not. You're not ever going to ride the bike if you rely on the training wheels. So, it wasn't like they ripped the net out. It was a short, a, a little bit more of a notice probably would have helped us. It was a mm, short you know. notice type thing. You know, we weren't super prepared, which but God says to be ready in season and out of season. So right. obviously things, and us being ill prepared. I think left, it still flowed. <laughs> well, it let a it left a big spot. To where God could work. Yes. You know what I mean? It. Yeah. It was where we stepped out of the way and he used us mightily, I think. I was Absolutely. in awe. Absolutely. I think a lot of times we get in our own way the most. The which most. Yep. Kind of leads me to what I thought was probably the most exciting part about Sunday night for me. Yep. Um, we all know from the church, and if you don't know, you're gonna hear it from me that our pastor, head pastor has been for years, years at this point, um, asking for the worship team to write a song. And I have spent years at this point not telling him. So if you're hearing this for the first time, John, I'm sorry. These have been my thoughts for years. 
that it is not nearly as simple as you think it is. Right. <laughs> um, but I-, I was really getting in my own way. I think we all were in a lot of ways because we thought we weren't capable of it. But we walk in Sunday night, me nervous, um, good nervous, bad nervous, whichever it was. Right. And then Bryce and Mark are up there playing some progression. I don't even know what the chords are. So if somebody can give those to me at some point so I can make sure I know. I, I can okay. tell you what they are. But anyways, they're up there playing that. And I was like, you know what? We had a pastor's meeting. He mentioned it again in the pastor's meeting before night service. Said, we're just going to get this out of the way. You know, I'm already nervous. I already don't know how tonight's going to go. We might as well have some fun. Right. And we finished an entire chorus for a song, an entire first verse. And I personally think that it's awesome. And then on the way home, I was able to write the second verse. Right. So, so we have a song. We yeah. have a song. I and think it's amazing. I'm super <laughs> excited about it. I'm I'm thrilled about it. And I was like, and I'm kind of in the same position. A lot of the times my dad's like, hey, come on, it's going to be easy. It'll take five minutes and we're three hours into a five minute project, you know. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that kind of resonated with me is he said, just, just go for it. Just try it. And look what happened when we did. Right. Just. He's smarter than we give him credit for. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't walk in with the idea that we're going to write a song. Matter of fact, it was like 3.30. I just got there. And I was like, Mark, come on, let's go. I want to play. There's We got a six-string bass here. And I just love playing it. It just is fun. I always like playing the bass. I always get yelled at for playing bass during choir practice. But it's only because you're most valuable to us on the drums right now. Well, Mm -hmm. that's fine. I'm fine with that. But I was like, Mark, let's just go play. And then I was like, you know what? Let's hit a D. And then let's put an A right after that, and then a B flat, and then let's go down to G, and then let's go back to D. And then we started, me and Mark started playing that, and we were kind of jiving together. And then Casey started singing a song, and it was just nothing less than the Holy Spirit working. 100%. Nothing less than guided by the Holy Spirit, nothing less than inspired, nothing less than God doing what God always does. And I'm just, I'm so amazed by it. That's awesome. I hope that someday you guys will get to hear it and be as happy about it as we are too. I hope that we can produce it one day and everyone gets to hear it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I know we can. We've got the equipment here and I have the other interface that if we had to record some different parts separately and get them all to make sense, we can get it going. I'm I'm so thrilled about it. We'll see one of these days if we can bring it out. Yeah. So that kind of that kind of put us in a good place. We're all having a good time. We're kind of Riding the high from Sunday, actually. Yeah, yeah. honestly, I feel like I feel like we are. We kind of got pushed out, and then we got pushed out of the boat, and we started walking on the water. If that makes sense, <laughs> yeah. But we uh, we had a good time. I had a good week this week. Mm-hmm. A lot of work going on. A lot of it's a busy season. We're getting prepared to to work, you know, and go into our summer season, and it's just been wonderful. And I was like anyone else, nervous as could be about Sunday night because. I feel like you're nervous about things that you don't know how it's going to work out. Exactly. And I was nervous that it wasn't going to work out, which was just basically having no faith in God that he'll do what he always does for us, which is terrible in some regards. But also it put us in a good position to where God could work through our our weakness. You know, like it says in, I think it's Corinthians, um, my grace is sufficient in your weakness. My strength is made whole. Yep. Second Corinthians. So basically, you guys were forced to go through what Stevie was preaching about, how they... Faith move. They believed what God was going to do, but didn't trust completely or necessarily until it was put into action. I literally told Patty at the altar whenever we did the altar call for leadership, we prayed over us all, that Stevie had no idea that he was speaking (laughs) 
and tearing each one of us up, you know. Oh, yeah, definitely. On definitely. Literally three hours before. Yeah. He was yeah. basically telling us exactly what was going to happen. Yeah. Yep. Thank you, Stevie. Thanks, Steve. Thank Thanks, you. Steve. <laughs> if you're not listening, we'll get you hooked up the podcast before long. <laughs> so back back to our topic. Um, everything has went well for us this week so far that I know of for myself. Yeah. Um, but we need to get into some, not necessarily doct- doctrine, but get into a place where people can understand what it means to be. We've gone over being a Christian. We've gone over attributes of being a Christian. We've gone over good Christian, bad Christian. We've gone over personal experience. We've gone over uh, good experience situations, putting us in good places and bad situations, putting us in good places too. So we're kind of just checking the list of new Christianity and even old Christianity that don't know this. So we're talking about standing out versus fitting in. And one of the scriptures that pops into my mind immediately is Romans 12. It's Romans 12, 2, but I'm going to read 1 and 2. Beseech you, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that I present your bodies as, uh, that ye present your bodies as holy, or sacrifices, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is, what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So that right there kind of gives you the answer of how you stick out or stand out instead of fitting in. It says, be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I think you should renew your mind daily. Daily. You know, and renewing your mind to me means praying and seeking God's face and getting in his word and listening. You know, I heard one thing this week that kind of, I understood it before, but it made more sense after I heard it. And it was uh, Steve Harvey. He said, in the morning, I get up and I do, this is my routine, you know, I do this, this, and this, and then I pray for an hour and I meditate for an hour. And I was like, well, meditate, that sounds like something that's not Christian, you know? Sounds like you're trying to do two different religions. But what he said is, I pray for an hour and then I meditate. And meditating isn't what you would think it would be, it's listening. He said, I pray to God and he, I believe that he hears me. And it's like, now for an hour, I'm going to sit and listen to you. What do you have to say? And I think that's a good idea or a good thing that you can do to renew your mind daily. A lot of the times we spend so much time pushing to God what we want, what we need, what's going on, our problems, our past circumstances that are still trying to weigh us down, our temptations, our fights, but we don't spend enough time listening to what he has to say. 100%. I I did some searching and looking up for different things about standing out and things like that. Didn't really find much that would be like a biblical-based one. Right. But I found a list, and they called it eight behaviors to stand out for work. Okay. But I was like, you know, they're pretty easy to adapt to also be eight ways to stand out as a Christian, or as I got it written here, eight ways to stand out from what everyone else is doing. Right. And if that's fine with that, I figure I'd go over a couple of these, and let's see what you guys think about yeah, them, whether they make as a good one as well. Let's hear it. Uh, first one. Your thoughts on it? Be active. Don't just use your words and say you're doing something. Use actions. That's huge. That is huge. I feel like it really leans into something that I've been thinking about while we've been talking, too, is you can't stand out if you're not there. Right. You know, we all want to stand out and not be of the world, do the same thing the world's doing, but we also have to be able to walk in the world in order for anybody to see anything different about us. Right. 
That's another verse that says you are not, you are in this world, but you're not of this world. world. Right. So you have to be, we have to be involved with people who are not Christians, or it wouldn't make sense for us to try to push the gospel. No. Because if everyone around us is Christians, what, what good are we to anyone else, you know? So we have to be in the world to be an active role in bringing someone to Christ. We have to be involved with people who are not Christians. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the only place where we, I know that's the only place where we can have an actual impact on somebody. Right. And we have to learn to not walk that line because I don't think you can straddle the line ever. You're not. either 100%, you know, on the right side or 100% on the wrong. Right. But you have to learn. Relatable is not the word I'm looking for either, but I'm trying to get the concept across. We have to learn how to be effective with the world. We can't just show up and, you know, say, oh, I do everything right and I'm so much better than you and everything that you're doing is wrong. Right, because that totally puts you out of, um, you're not relevant to them right. anymore. Yes. You know, you want to be not a part of what they're doing, but you have to go where they're at, go where people are. You have to be involved, especially at work. Well, if you look at it just for to give like everyone a mental picture of it about not straddling the line, even the farmers in the field, they can see over the fence to the other side. That doesn't mean they have to go over to it. Right. 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 So they can still be apart from it and be what they're supposed to be, but they can still point out if something like if a fox or something is attacking one of the other animals, they can still point out, hey, someone's in danger here without having to be over there to see it all. That's a good example, Mark. That makes sense. You know, and like he was saying, if something is in danger in the neighboring farmer's field, it would it would it wouldn't be right for the one farmer just to say, Well, it's not my field. Exactly. You know, and that's kind of where we're coming from as being Christians who are quote unquote think they're better than everybody or different than everybody, you know. Like, well, that ain't my field to worry about. Well, no, you have to have enough concern and care for someone that is next to you and around you that you're willing to say, Hey, look, this your sheeps are getting attacked, or your geese are getting attacked, or your chickens are getting killed by the fox or whatever. Whatever that uh, analogy might be for you, you know, but hey, not in a, in a harmful way, but in a way that I love you enough to tell you. Right. And that's one thing that I think some other, some non-Christians or Christians who are getting constructive criticism need to learn too, is not everything that someone says to you is an attack on no. your on your personality, on your being, in your walk with Christ. It's not an attack. A lot of the times it's just for uh, the betterment of you. Mm-hmm. Got anything else, Mark? Oh, yeah, I've got a few more on this list. Um, another one is be intentional when you witness or testify. There comes a point when what you're trying to say is hidden by trying to say too much. Be intentional is a big one for me. Yeah. I, I heard that the other day when one of the church members were talking about it on a Thursday night Bible study. You have to do everything you do in your walk with Christ on purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some things that you obviously accidentally do and you have to ask forgiveness for. And and there's some things we do on purpose that we need to ask forgiveness for too. But yep. when you are going to try to reach somebody else, you have to do it with purpose and intent. Absolutely. Um, something that stuck out to me that you were saying, you know, sometimes what you're saying is eclipsed when you're trying to say too much. Absolutely. That's something that's really been heavy on me for a couple of weeks now, you know, People say, you know, I decrease so that he can increase, you know, not the glory be for me, but your glory shown through me. We sang a song 
I don't even know how long ago now, but it's just a simple course. You know, I give myself away so you can use me. Right. And that's something that I've got to, I've got to get right myself sometimes because I feel like I need to do this in my power. I'm a control freak. Anybody yeah. who knows me knows that. Right. And I, I agree completely that sometimes you just have to shut your own mouth and let the intent that it's supposed to be come through you. Right. I think that was the biggest problem with us on Sunday night. Yeah. A lot of us have that same personality. We don't want to keep control or keep the reins, so to speak. You know, if you're driving a horse and you just let go of the reins, the horse gets to drive now. The horse gets to go where it wants. But we want to control every aspect of what goes on to where we leave no room for God to work. So that was a that was good. Mm-hmm. Patty, you have anything to say? No, that's something I need to work on. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we, there's there's only, uh, I think there's six more. We can go with them all if you guys want. Let's go. Hey, send it. It's good so far. Yeah. All right, next one. Be positive. Personal attacks will only push people away and reinforce the negative image people have of the church and God. That one's huge too. That is giant. And it's a big reason why we don't have the credibility that we should in the world. Right. We are coming at people like... Like Casey said to begin with, like we're better than them and we're not. We proved that on one of our past episodes. <laughs> we are not better than anybody. Not a chance. The mm-hmm. only thing that's better about us is the Holy Spirit helps us sometimes. Absolutely. And it's not that we're better, it's because he's better. He's better. Yep. You know, and and like I said before about the farmers, the analogy with that, every it's coming we're coming in a way where it looks like an attack most of the time. Yeah. Attacking someone's personality or how they act, you know. These people who are not believers in God or children of God are going to be Christians, are not going to be Christians, I'm sorry. Don't be surprised when sinners act like sinners. No. And if you're receiving correction, don't take it as a personal attack like you're saying. You know, Oftentimes we hear, if you saw a house on fire and somebody that you loved was in it, would you just stand outside and watch it burn? No. You know... Think of it from that perspective. If you're the house on fire, you'd want somebody to come in and save you. Right. Just because you can't see the destruction right now doesn't mean that it's not coming. It's not happening, yeah. And that's the thing. These can go both ways. So it's standing out because we're acting differently, but then people are seeing that we're... This is how everyone else I know reacts to the situation. Why are you acting differently? What is... What's the big difference between these guys over here and you guys over there? And that's one thing that is is a huge reason why you should stand out. People notice. People are watching. People are looking, you know, at how you react to things. And even when you get in terrible situations, you know, like everyone else would be upset right now. Everyone else would be down and, and crying and, and mad and, and sad and every other emotion you can think imaginable, you know. But you have joy and hope and peace through this. How? Or actually... Who? That's what you should ask him. Yeah. You know, he gives me peace, or God gives me peace. He gives me strength. He gives me joy. You know, peace, unsurpassable peace, joy, unsurpassable joy. Nothing else can compare to it. Amen. Oftentimes, the testimony that you live is more effective than the one that you speak. Every time. I think it's. Oh yeah, I think it's all the time. Yeah. So I read a story one time about a missionary group that went to some. African or I don't even know where it was, some like Haiti or something like that. And they said 
So we get there, and the guy was telling the story. He was like, so I'm I'm ready. You know, I'm first-time missionary, ready to go out and spread the gospel and read people's scriptures and tell them how wrong they live and why their religion is wrong and why my religion is right, you know. And, and the guy that was leading the missionary got down there and it says, okay, guys, here's what we're going to do. We're going to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. We're going to go out and love these people. We're going to take care of them. We're going to bring them clothes, water, shoes, help them further their education system, help them do everything. He said, so where are the Bibles? We don't have Bibles today. What are we going to, what is our basic scripture that we're going to give them? We're not doing that today. We're going to love people. We're going to take care of people. We're going to go out and, like he said, be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. And I think a lot of the times we misguide our direction towards stuff because we want to give people scriptures and we want to give people uh, a reason why biblically that their lifestyle is wrong. And instead where we should just be like, look, I love you. I really care about you. I think very highly of you. I just want to be your friend in this moment. I don't want to point out everything that's wrong to you or point out everything that's right in me because really there's nothing right in me except for Jesus. And that can be taken away at, at, at any moment right. from my personal um, decisions that I make, you know. And that's talking about like faith and action. Right. Faith is is Jesus Christ living within us and he is the love. And we got to show the love. That says more than anything. It, actions speak louder than words. Every know? time. Okay. Next question, Mark. All right. Next uh, way to, it says to stand out, the way I worded it anyway, is encourage and strengthen. Uh, build people up instead of tearing them down and encourage them that it is as simple as one step at a time. They don't have to try and change everything all at once. Patty, you want to speak on that? That's a good one. Because like when you're first coming to church, you know, you feel like you want to change everything at one time, but you can't. Right. It's a process. Um, it, it is a process. And I think the more we get into the Word, the more that the Holy Spirit breaks us down and changes us, renews our mind, as Absolutely. you said earlier. And it's it's like we've we've talked about this before. It's like taking a shower, taking a shower and cleaning yourself off of all the dirt and everything. That's before how the, you get before in the shower. you get in the shower. Right. And the Word of God isn't like that. You get into the Word dirty. But you come out of the word clean. Right. Yep. That's a big misunderstanding, I think, for a lot of people. Um, I heard it said that you never can catch a fish or you never can clean a fish that you don't catch. Mm-hmm. You, it's got to be caught first. You know, it has to be, there has to be a certain movement towards wanting to become clean or wanting to become holy or righteous, you know, whatever that may be. For you, there has to be steps towards that. And like Patty said, you're not going to op- go to sleep one night nasty, filthy, undefiled, you know, are defiled, and then wake up perfectly clean, a saint of God, you know, perfectly renewed, perfectly in order with the line of God. You won't even do that over a lifetime. No. And I think that's discouraging for some people. You know, Mm -hmm. they're coming and they're trying to do better. They are wanting to be clean. They're making the steps towards it. And then something happens because it happens to all of us too. It's not like we're perfect at all where something happens and Maybe you fall back into something that you don't want to do anymore. Um, a situation comes up and it brings up a spirit in you, you know, whether it's anger or whatever it is. And all of a sudden you feel like it's all for loss. And it's not. Um, different situation. I had this discussion with somebody. You know, you don't go to kindergarten and leave with a master's degree. 
Absolutely. You know, you have to take each individual step. Every year that a child's in school, they learn something new, and it all builds eventually to graduation. Graduation. You're not going to come on day one or even year one or whatever your time frame is and know everything and be perfect in everything that you do. But you, you have fall to, down and you get back up again. Right. And you have to continue moving on. If you leave school at first grade, you're going to have a first grade education. And you're never going to understand or know what you would know if you just kept going on. Right. And that's one thing I think should be a light to you. There's way more. You know, I've seen some some things that I wanted to do in the past and kind of lost motivation for them. I wanted to start a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And if I would have done that when I was 13 years old like I wanted to, who knows what it would have been now that I'm almost 23, you know, 10 years of work at something. And then all you have to do from – all you have from that now is regret. So if you're in – if you're starting as a Christian and you're in that walk and you fall, get back up, shake the dust off, ask for forgiveness – Quit doing what you're doing. There's going to be times where you slip and you do something that you wouldn't normally do, and but you don't do it on purpose. Right. There's going to be times where you do that. There is times where you fall, get back up, shake the dust off, ask for uh, forgiveness from it, move forward. Because if you don't, you'll go 10 years down the road and you'll be like, man, I wish I would have kept going with that. I could have been so much further in life now. That's Absolutely. Right. Hey, next one here we've kind of hit on a little bit. And some of these other ones we have as well, they honestly kind of flow together pretty good. It could have just been one paragraph and talked about. But um, next one is be genuine when you listen to what people are going through. Don't try and downplay their situation. What seems small or easy to us may be a huge obstacle for someone else. People are so sick of hearing the same sayings over and over Cliche. You know, I know how you feel, or, you know, I'll pray for you, or God will get you through this. Yeah, we know that. But that's not what people need to hear sometimes. Right. Sometimes people just genuinely need you to be their friend Mm -hmm. and to sit down with them. I think more than even saying anything, a lot of people just want you to listen to them. Absolutely. And take their, take their, um, their situation or their circumstance and take it in confidentiality. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people... They're sick of, they won't say anything most of the time now because they're afraid of it going everywhere. They'll be on social media tomorrow. Right. They're afraid of that saying, you know, but you need to be genuine in your act of listening. You need to be genuine in your act of responding. And you need to be genuine when someone says, hey, can I trust you to say this to you? Right. Can I trust that it'll stay between you and I and between you, me, and God? Yeah, and yep. if if you gotta tell somebody, just tell Jesus about it. If, if you if you have problems gossiping, that's just a little <laughs> tip yeah. for you. Patty, you got anything to say on it? Nope. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Continue on. Next one is don't stop halfway. Uh, repentance isn't just turning away. It's not just walking away from it. It's walking towards something else. In this case, it's turning away and walking away from the things that are wrong and walking towards God and what He wants for us. Okay, so this one goes big time with something we were talking about last week, and I didn't feel it was necessary to talk about it, but I feel like it is now. So a couple weeks ago, I had a dream, or two dreams actually, to where I felt like, I was like, what is going on? You know, woke up in the middle of the night, nervous and sweating and scared, you know, because the dream felt real. And then later... Later on in the morning, I got woke up again, and I was like, basically felt like God was talking to me, like saying, hey, this is what I mean by that. This is what that dream meant. 
this is what you need to do. So the first dream was someone was um, politely knocking on my door, like an old lady, I guess, knocking on my door, asking to come in, being gentle about it, you know, and I just shunned them away. It's like, whatever, get away, go away, do whatever you got to do, but get off my yard, basically. And then the next next part of the dream was someone was breaking into my house, beating down the door. Two men were coming in, and I basically had to, for lack of better terms, I guess, kill them to get them out of my house and to stop the quote-unquote threat. And I was like, well, that was frightening, you know? But then I was like, it makes sense now when you get the revelation of what it basically meant to you. It's spirits and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will not come in unless you let him in. He will not push his way in. He will not shove his way in. Other spirits will. They are not polite. They are not gentle. They're not good for you. You know, They break in, and the only way you can get them out is you have to kill them to get them out, you know, for however my dream was, you know, I had to completely stop what the other people, all the, uh, the intruders, I guess we'll call them. I had to, they didn't ask to come in. They busted in and got in and were just taking over my house at that point in time. The other person that was trying to come in was knocking, wanted to come in, you know, and talk. The, this one was just totally busting in. And I was like, man, that's terrible. And then I had another dream right after that. So that, that was one dream. Here's the next one. I had a dream that something not was necessarily haunted in the house, but spirits or something was in the house and the cabinet doors were opening and shutting, you know? And I was like, you know what? I got the remedy for that. So I went around the house and anointed the house with oil. And that brings me to my next point. Just like Mark was saying, you don't have to ask for the bad spirits. They're coming on their own. You have to ask for the Holy Spirit. You have to continually walk in the right direction towards God. You cannot take these bad spirits out of your house and just leave it barren because it it leaves it to where, like the old parable in the Bible says, it will get seven times stronger and come back. But if you don't take the stuff out of your house and replace it with something that is right, with something that is good, with something that is genuine, you will fall back even into a worse position than what you're in. That's right. Absolutely. And that's when you can tell a difference between dreams that are just weird dreams and dreams that actually mean something. Well, I'm telling you, it you was get, weird. Well, it can be weird, but still mean something. Mm-hmm. Some dreams, you'll just, they'll just be weird, and that's the last you ever have it. But then when you have another dream, and it is reinforcing the point, and then you get that revelation that explains what those particular ones were. Those dreams weren't different, were not the normal type of dreams. Right. It the was, ones you just, you know, maybe you had some bad five-mile uh, chicken, chicken yeah. which you never have bad five-mile <laughs> chicken. It's always good. So it was, it was like... <laughs> It was it was speaking to me basically saying, "Hey, you need to first of all get these things out. Then you need to invite this thing in, mm-hmm. and then you need to go this way because you're not going to be able to get these out on your own. First of all, you have to totally destroy them to get it out. And a lot of the times it'll destroy you in the process if you allow it to stay. But not only do you have to get them out, you have to put something good back. Amen. Absolutely." moves on with our next one that's kind of a stumbling block for some people sometimes when when they don't make that complete turn. Right. Next one is understand that we will fail and fall, but the important part is that we get back up and even more important that each failure is an opportunity to grow and improve. Right. At works. 
God, Patty. Oh, okay. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) At work, something that I've heard from the start of training is, you know, you have to give yourself grace in things. And I am not somebody who likes being bad at things. I don't like not being sufficient. I don't like not knowing what I'm doing. And so that was a huge struggle for me at first. Like it was a huge wake up call to come straight out of training and realize that I have no idea what's going on, even though I spent, you know, two months in a class. Right. But if you give up whenever things are difficult or whenever you don't understand or whenever you mess up, you'll never have the knowledge that you need to continue on. You know, we have God's perfect grace and we are forgiven. You can't allow yourself to be the reason that you can't continue on. Mm-hmm. If God's already forgiven you, you have to forgive yourself and just keep moving. Right. That's true. Um, just like when I finished, uh, when I stopped drinking, okay, I'll use that as, as an example. So I wanted to stop drinking, but I still hung out at the same places. Right. Okay. So then temptation comes and you fall down. Right. And you drink, or I did, you know, you drink and then. Um, you're like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. But you don't stop. You keep doing it. Right. You know, and then there comes a time in you that you don't have that desire anymore because you filled it already with more of the Lord instead of what that habit was giving you. So I had a I had to replace the habit, but have a good come in, which Absolutely. was with the word of God and fill me with the Holy Spirit more that I knew that I didn't want that lifestyle anymore. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's what changed in me, was I didn't want that lifestyle. I changed to go the direction of the Lord. I believe these two run hand in hand together. That's all the last these do. One. I mean, yeah, yeah. all of them do, but <laughs> these ones are good together. You have to replace the bad with something better, something good, something mm-hmm. great, you know, the best thing for it to be truthful. So I want to tell you a little story, not to be long-winded or anything, but... This week, I had I I own a small lawn care business, and I have a a client. I, I'll tell you about two of them. So one client didn't like the way that I did a certain job, and felt like someone else could do it better. You know, so I was like, fine. You know, I don't I don't disagree. Someone probably can do it better. I'm not going to lie to you. So he basically said, we're going to try something else. Well, he called me back. They couldn't do it better. That's a different story. But then I have another client that felt like I couldn't felt like I couldn't do something as good as maybe he thinks that I should or he thinks that I could, you know, he seen more potential in me, I guess, than even I did. And he turned the situation into not it the other one just the other guy wanted to just fire me. This one wanted to take the situation and turn it to a learning experience, which was it blew my mind and he's done it before, you know, but I was like if if us as Christians would do that to somebody, if us as good Christians like we claim to be, you know, and we say, see somebody who's stumbling and tripping and falling and don't bash them about it, but turn it into a learning experience or experience where you can grow because out of every bad situation, you know, you're not starting over from scratch. You're starting over from experience. You know, you need to, we need, we need to become people who are, are willing to turn bad situations into good learning experiences. A lot of people tend to think that if the experience wasn't a positive or good experience, it's not good experience. It's not worth right. But anything you do, whether you you succeed the first time or you fail 15 times before you do it, 
you still had still good experience. I think it was it was Edison said that he failed. Someone said you failed two hundred times to make a light bulb. He's like, no, I just found two hundred ways not to make one. <laughs> right. I only had to find one to make it right. Right. You I know? just I just had two hundred and some attempts. You know, yeah. it wasn't failures. It was that, attempts that showed me not how not to do it. Right. Anything so else? He didn't even view all of those as mistakes. It's just he learned steps, from it and steps went up process. somewhere else. And yeah. everyone uses them. The yep. only time you can truly fail is if you choose not to continue to try. Exactly. Right. When you give up. All right. There's only one more on this list that I had. Um, use the truth and realize situations to show why this is, I guess, the, the right decision or right path. Use the truth. That's a big one nowadays. We all decide to discredit the truth, I guess, or use it in a bad way, but use it, use the truth correctly, use it with love and kindness towards people. Um, I think we should, I know we should do that more. Yeah. Um, And also, we all know what the truth is, you know, God's word, the Bible, scripture. You can't just come at something and say, well, the Bible says this without having a reason to back it up. Right. If you're going to say something and claim that it's God's word, you need to know what it is and, and you, where it is and be able to show it to somebody. You should be able to be the example of why it's true. Absolutely. I remember reading an interview with a preacher that he was very reluctant to ever use the words, thus saith the Lord, because he would be accountable for it. And if he couldn't find something that backed it up, he was accountable to God then for what he said, for saying that saying that God said this when God did not say that whatsoever. Right. So it's like I try as hard as I can. Anytime I talk, I never use that phrase right. unless I'm absolutely certain that what I'm saying lines up with something else that God has already said. Right. Mm-hmm. So one thing that I know um even going along with practical, physical, everyday life, it's a lot easier to um, start good habits rather than break bad habits. So here's a couple things that I found on how to increase your walk with Christ, not only to stay good with a relationship with Him, but stay standing out and not fitting in and being persuaded by your friend group rather than you persuading them. So if you're a new Christian and this is something you want to add to your attributes or want to work towards, or if you're an old Christian and you're trying to break some of these bad habits that have been poorly executed or poorly received, you know, and you want to start something fresh and new. So one thing that I think is start your day and end your day every day in prayer. I mean, that one seems simple, but a lot of the time the most effective thing around you is something so simple and it doesn't necessarily have to be an hour long ordeal or it can be a 10 minute thing to where it just uplifts your day throughout the day. Yeah, I think that really goes along with what we were speaking about earlier too, you know, about filling the empty places with something good. Absolutely. Um you can't have a relationship with somebody you don't communicate with. Absolutely. That's one of the first things. Right. Um right. if you want to have a better relationship with God, you need to talk to him more. Yep, you need to get in the word, you need to pray. Humble yourself before the Lord. Absolutely. Mark, you have anything to say on it? Just that keeping along the same line, you've got to put something good in. You've got to put something. You can't go throughout your day not seeing or hearing or something or experiencing something. 
but putting something in that gives you the the right perspective and the right way to react or behave in those situations is very, very important. So one thing that I just thought about is a good analogy for kind of guys and girls, if you understand too, obviously feel free, but it'd be like changing your oil in your car and grabbing the oil pan that you just took all the dirty oil out of your car and pouring it right back into your car. That's a good analogy. It doesn't affect you. It doesn't affect you uh, positively in any way. When you change your oil in your car, you change. First, first thing you go, you do is you drain out the bad. Mm-hmm. You take the filter off that is full of contamination. Filter. You change that filter. Then you put you a new filter on. You put your drain plug back in, and you proceed to fill it with fresh, clean, new oil. And I'll give it to you from. My perspective as a woman, (laughs) I sure don't know how to change my own oil. I need help doing it every time. The same way you can't rely on yourself to get better. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a good point, Casey. I didn't think about that either. A lot of times we don't go to the Jiffy Lube, you know, we need to get somewhere where (laughs) someone can help us. Yeah. I just go to the nearest oil change station. (laughs) Jiffy Lube. One of them. Anyhow. Sparkle Quick Lube. (laughs) Next, Next point. Know what is and what isn't important. There's some things around you that are happening, and I think we give too much credit towards them or give too much attention to them in our life. And I think if we would focus more on what is important, uh, the betterment of everyone around us, the deepening of our walk with Christ, the deepening of their walk with Christ, and not worry so much about the things that, like I said before, don't be surprised when sinners act like sinners. It's going to happen. Don't be surprised when someone who doesn't go to church or isn't a child of God, when they start cursing. Let that not be a surprise to you. Don't make that um, important or more important than you showing uh, the right way of Christianity to somebody. Right. And I think that goes along with our own lives too, you know, allowing things to affect us, even, you know, personal things that we go through. Something that I try to think of is if this isn't still going to be affecting me in five years, if it's still not going to be this important in five years, then I don't need to be spending so much energy on it now that it is just completely tearing me apart. Right. And that's one thing that I have to learn as a newly married man for a year, that if I'm not going to be worried about it in five minutes, is it worth arguing about now? Mm-hmm. And most of the time it's not. I don't want to. I feel like it's more of a hinder to my relationship. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. I just want to love my wife and have a good life, and I don't want to worry about the things that are not necessarily important. It's like we uh, have stated at the church one time that whenever there's a problem or something, give yourself 48 hours. Right. When that's done, drop it. It's over with. And even even in that respect of making a decision, um, wait, give it a little time. Be able to think about it. You'll be able to think more clearly, not so irrationally if you just hurry up and make a decision. Yeah, step back from it and look at it for a second. Right. Anything else? Here's my next one. Place spiritual boundaries in your life. Even physical ones too. I feel like if you, like I said before in some of our previous podcasts, I know who I am inside of me and I've placed boundaries in my life to where I won't go here because I know it'll affect me negatively, spiritually. I know that I can't do these things. I know I can't pick up this and drink this. I know I can't touch this and do that. I have to place boundaries on myself because I know I will fall if I go past them. Yeah, and everybody's different. You know, what 
maybe you can't handle, someone they could handle, and they're fine. They can be around it and it doesn't go. But whatever causes you a problem isn't what's going to cause their problem. There might be the same thing. There's something they have to work very hard to stay away from that maybe we look at. It's like that doesn't seem like such a big deal. Right. But that's why you know we're all unique. So we all have different things that I think also make it easy to help each other because maybe, you know, You've been through something that isn't really big to you, but I'm going through it and that's a problem. You can kind of help me walk through it and vice right. versa and things like that. So it you almost like a heads and tails of coin. You got you have both sides. You can have an area where someone can help you, but you have an area where you can help someone else as well. Right. Absolutely. It's just like parents. Parents have been through certain areas in their life before their kids get there. Right. And they kind of tell them, you know. Well, if you choose to do this, this is going to happen. There's there's a consequence for everything. Absolutely. And we have to pick and choose what we want to what we want to argue about, what we don't want to argue about, what we want to show forth for others to see and what we don't. You know, we have to check that list. Right? Oh, go ahead. One thing that my dad has always said to me, he said, "Look, this is coming from an old man talking to a young man. I've been where you've been." You haven't been where I've been. He said, listen, trust me on this. I've been there. I've been through that. You're in the middle of it or just seeing it coming over the horizon. Trust me when I tell you, this is what you probably should do in this circumstance. Now, I know it's not going to be exactly the same, and it might even be exactly the same, you know, coming from father to son. But with that being said, if someone gives you wise counseling and they've been in the place where you're at or where you're coming to, I say take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. definitely. Here's my next one, and it kind of goes along with the first one. It says, read and meditate on Scripture. Whatever you put in is what you're going to be able to pour out. It's going to come out. I had mm-hmm. this conversation with a young girl earlier this week, You know, speaking about some issues at school and how she's being treated, essentially bullying. And I thought, you know, what I told her, you know, to try to explain it to and help her feel maybe not even help her feel better, but maybe have an understanding of it. If all somebody has inside of them is negativity, that's all they're going to be able to put forward. Right. And at that point, you know, we really need to take stock of ourselves and think they might need something poured into them. Right. Something positive, something good. They need another, a different response to what they're used to. You know, when, when someone comes up and bullies them and someone turns away in fear, you know, the, the bullier, facing the bullied, you know, the bullier wants, it might just be looking for a different response. Absolutely. And if you have it inside of you, pour it out. I agree with that. Even for yourself, you have to make sure that you're filling yourself with something positive. You know, we talked about spiritual boundaries. You have to set boundaries sometimes on the things that you consume, the media, you know, music, everything that you do. You have to be fully understanding that what you're putting into yourself, into your mind, into your heart is what you're going to be able to put forward. And if you want to continue to walk, you know, with Christ, if you want to, in our situations, you know, be in any sort of leadership or helping somebody, we have to make sure that what's inside of us is worth putting out at all. Right. It's just like where it says in the Bible, you can't get both sweet and bitter water water from the same You're going to get one or the other. And one thing I told I told this to my dad, and it kind of it kind of irritates me that he doesn't remember that I told him this. <laughs> but he's always like, I don't know who told me this or where I heard this, but it's good, and I'm gonna tell everybody. I said, I told him, I said, Dad, 
everybody, we're living in a, a, a society where people want to have a consequence-free society. They want to be able to make choices and actions and do things that ultimately have consequences, but we're trying to brush them off like they don't. I said, Dad, you can choose the action. You never get to choose the consequence. And he says that around like, he don't know, like some philosopher said it. <laughs> I've heard him say it that way without saying who he heard yeah. it from. And I'm sitting back there like waving my hands up in the air. Hey, I said that to you. Well, now we all know. <laughs> yeah. And the more you know. This, this is behind the scenes. And but, but it's relevant. Think about it. It is. Everyone around you wants to make decisions and do things on the fly, on the whim. That's like Mark was saying, back up for a minute. Take a look at it. Think about the outcome of what's going to happen. Think about who it's going to happen to around you. Think about what it's going to look like. You can pick what you want to do, but you normally, you can see a lot of examples of what would happen if someone, you know, what would happen of the consequence if someone makes this decision or makes that decision. You kind of get to see, you'd never really know the full consequence until you make the action. Absolutely. Definitely. So here's my last one. It says, remember that you are an ambassador for Christ, or you are an example living, breathing, walking, you know, for Christ. We hear it said all the time, and we've used examples, I think even tonight, whether it was on air or off, of sometimes you are the only physical representation of Jesus someone's going to see, or their only encounter they'll have with anything related to the Bible, whether right. it's because they don't want to, or they grew up in an area or with someone that it was never touched on, never talked about, no one even cared to look into it. So it might be their first experience with, with God might be with one of us. Right. And one of the things that I noticed about people is sometimes, not sometimes, when they look at you and see your actions, they should be able to tell you're a Christian without you saying Absolutely. And I think you need to be fully aware at all times that you, you're you under observation. Yeah. Um, you don't just get to be an ambassador for Christ part of the time. Right. That's right. We always told our children to represent our family yep. when they're out. Right. That's what an ambassador and the, does. And that's what the ambassador does is represents God, you know, right. or whatever they're in that position for, but in this circumstance, we're, we're representing God, and that's what we tell our children, go represent. Don't do something. Think about what you do right. before you do it. It's like whenever your parents won't let you walk out of the house looking crazy because you're a reflection on them. Right, right. <laughs> you need to be under the understanding right. that everything that you do is a reflection on Christ if that's the image that you're putting forward right. verbally, whether that's your actions or not. And, and yet I still ended up with Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> here's one thing that I would encourage everyone to know, to understand, or try to understand, is even if you're in the place where there's no eyes of observation and there's no people looking on you, God always sees what you do yeah, or what absolutely. you do. You have to understand that just because I'm an ambassador for Christ and I act, I want to act out in a certain way and I know I can't do it in front of people because they have a bad representation of me, what you do in private will be shouted from the rooftops, the Bible said. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't be it. worried about what other people's opinions of you either before you're worried about God's, you know, opinion. God's opinion of you. Absolutely. So with that, we're going to end our podcast today. I just want to say thank you to everyone who has decided to join in. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I feel so much love for this group of people here with me today, and I feel a lot of love for everyone who decided to listen. It wouldn't be possible, obviously, without you guys, but I think 
if I can speak for you guys. Absolutely, sir. We love you guys. We thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week. Amen. 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 Thank you for joining us for another episode of Ready to Preach. We hope that something that has been said today will aid you in your journey both in Christianity and in the pursuit of becoming ready to preach. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please reach out to us on our Facebook page, Redemption Church, and share us with your friends. If you have any questions for us or topics you would like for us to discuss, we can be reached through the Facebook's direct message or in the comments section of our posts about the podcast. We look forward to you tuning in next week.